It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that is absolutely locked in on the congressional baseball game that is occurring right now. We didn't start this show for an extra like 20 minutes because we continued to watch the congressional baseball game that is going on at Nats Park. And the question has to be asked, more people at that game or at Camden Yards tonight? Thoughts? It's a tough question, but I mean, the performance we're seeing out here from this Fred McGriff guy, he's chucking some high cheese here. He's absolutely filling up the zone. It's entertaining as hell. I mean, but, I kind of want the Orioles to take a flyer on this Osoff guy. That, that's yeah. his name. I think I'm pronouncing it right. I mean, you could we could give him a look out of the bullpen. The guy with three triples and and an inside the park home run might play like might bat like six for the Orioles tonight. Yeah, but not with that slide. You you can't go in slide. Yeah, right. but you're you're playing over Richie Martin. No offense to him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You got to say like you got Buster only and all these people on our ass about you know mailing it in. At least we're not putting these guys out there. So <laughs> yeah, that's as long true. as we're not putting these guys out there, then is you think um, Buster's offended? They're playing in a major league ballpark tonight. Just <laughs> just totally. Uh, disrespecting the quality of the game. You, you got to think he's outraged about this thing. I'm surprised that, that, that there aren't like shots being taken. Like, like the jokes we made, I'm surprised he hasn't been tweeting. I don't think time. anybody knows this is on. I, we, it, <laughs> so right now to give the Baxter here, RDT told me and banks to put this on as we were sitting here preparing to start recording. When you go to FS one right now on the guide, it says Rudy is on. Rudy, obviously, clearly not on. It's the congressional baseball game. I, I'm shocked there isn't a little more on a kind of a lifeless sports night here on Wednesday. There's not yeah. really a lot going on unless you're into the baseball postseason race. Um, I'm surprised this is not getting a little more run on Twitter. Not horrible. I mean, you got to catch that ball. You, you got to catch ball. that. You got to. <laughs> yeah, I thought he had a beat on it. His problem is that he's running with his arm out like he's going to catch it. You got to you got to run and then put your glove out. I mean, that's just. Uh, it's not day one stuff, but it's day two or three. Mm-hmm. They, they must not teach that up in, in Washington. Yeah, the fundamentals, the fundamentals just have not been um, not been outstanding. So this will be totally irrelevant to everyone that hears it yeah. because you can't turn this on and watch it. But just for the rec, just know that your favorite podcast hosts are getting a lot of enjoyment. This uh, guy's a Republican from South Carolina uh, if I've ever seen one. This guy is ready. To, like, <laughs> he looks forward to this. He's, I think he's calling time to put more pine tar on his bat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's calling for a whole new bat. He said, oh, the grip isn't good. You're probably a pitch and a half ahead of me, but. Yeah. Oh, that's a piss poor swing. Nothing like finding a random thing on TV. And just embracing the hell out of it. That's just, (laughs) if there's one thing, and I I guess eventually cable is going to just go away. Hopefully it doesn't. If there's one thing, the new generation, I say that like I'm old or something, new generation will not understand. It's just the joy of flipping channels. Like this is one of the all-time channel flip situations. Yeah, it's a great find. And uh, there's another three innings of this. And it's a tight ball game. It's 13-11 in the bottom of the sixth. So Tremendous. We should call this game. That's who's, what Marty, Marty you, said he should the, be in the booth. I don't have the sound on. Did you guys have the sound on? Yeah, I wonder who's, who's on the mic here. Oh, my God. The, that was a Jorge Garcia here? from Backyard Baseball Swing. <laughs> I need to know who's on the call. I may click record on my Fubo TV just so this, like, shows up later, and then I'll go and see who, who was calling the game. Oh, no, because Rudy's on. Ah. I'll <laughs> just record Rudy. Um, so that's that that you know I guess that you know local sporting event that the hot start to the hot start to the episode here the episode hey <laughs> you know we gotta we gotta vary it up sometimes um you know 
I think Ravens obviously the dominant the dominant topic right now as we head in. You know, the Justin Tucker uh, field goal was you know forty eight to seventy two hours of absolute bliss. When you guys think about um, this game, you know, three days later, has anything changed about your feeling about the win, or do we feel like this is just a total escape? Um, it was interesting. I had you know. Um, the uh, PFT radio on this morning on uh, on NBCSN at, at work and and they were very bullish on the Ravens being a dangerous team. I don't know really what about these three games. I've told anyone the Ravens are a dangerous team, other than they are dangerous for your ability to like stay healthy, considering how exciting and heart wrenching these games are. But yeah, I think that just the idea is guys are going to be coming back. We got some hopeful news about Ronnie Stanley that he's just going to sit out a couple of weeks and try to rehab and come back. Um, and then we've all been waiting for Rashad Bateman to, to to be eligible to come back, and he's back at practice today. And same with Miles Boykin. You know, I I know you're a big guy about about him, Taylor. But uh, I am the leader um, of the Miles Boykin. The Miles Boykin yeah. fan club, yeah. Um, you know, the with the injuries and 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 the mini COVID thing that happened middle of last week. Um, yeah, you got to look at a road win in that type of situation and just take it and run with it and just move on to the next week and not try to look at it too much and try to read too much into it. Um, that's just kind of the Justin Tucker difference is that you can afford to do that. He can just steal a game like that. Cause you think about it every single year you get, there's probably four games every year for every single NFL team right in that range, four games where it could go either way. And it's just like a freakish thing one way or another. And you have some influence over those things. And sometimes you don't. And Justin Tucker is the next fact that can kind of swing that that game in your favor. So um, to get one of those four games, and and we could you could point at any of the first two games and say that um, you know we split those, and they could have gone either way too. So um, it seems like the margin of error is relatively tight right now for this team as we get healthier. And I think we know what they're capable of. Like we hope to widen that margin because who who the hell knows what the Broncos are this weekend? We I mean they've beaten up on three bad teams. We kind of touched about that on the on the, uh, the, the incident analysis on Sunday, but, um, I don't know right now we're two and one and I'm trying not to think too much about things given, Hey, we dropped three potential touchdowns, but Lamar Jackson is throwing the football pretty damn well. Um, and things like that. So, um, I don't know. I feel good. We're two and one. We probably expect to be two and one at this point. So, you know, just try not to read too much into it. It's an, it's an interesting matchup. Sunday. This is, as you said, a Denver team that, you know, has been in quote unquote impressive in its first three games because you've got three wins, 27, 13 over the giants, 23, 13 over the Jags, 26, nothing over the jets. Those might be the three worst teams in football. Like I think you can make a legitimate, I think the jets are clearly the worst team right now. You can make a case the Giants and the Jags are the other two worst teams. Hardy D is freaking out about something. Oh, go to third. Oh, my God. He's going to score from first on a, on a bad pickoff throw. He did. Get down. Get down. This is, a, this is incredible baseball. I haven't even – he hasn't even tried to pick him off yet. He kind of, kind of balked a little bit there. Sorry. Sorry. No, oh, it just stays in. Oh, no. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, uh, you got to find your third base coach. This is great. Sorry, go on. Yeah, Jets, Jets, uh, Giants, and Jaguars, Jaguars is what he said. It's just, it's just, it's just hard to know what you're gonna get. Like the the, the Denver's ranked second in in total defense, but 
you know, they play Danny Dimes and Zach Wilson. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to end up being good, but right now they're not good. They're probably poorly coached because Urban Meyer is going to stink and he's going to get fired. So I, I don't know. I just don't know what the Raven, the first in scoring defense, third in passing defense, second in rushing defense. Maybe all of that is legitimate. Maybe it is a very good defense. It's just, it's just hard to know. Um, once that, you know, Lamar Jackson is a very different assignment than Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Mr. Dimes at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because again, it's like, you can't, can't really blame them because again, you can only beat the people on your schedule and they're three and oh, you know, that's what they've done. I mean, I, I think Bridgewater, like I'm looking at his numbers now, 77 completion, you know, he's completing 77% of his passes, 827 uh, yards, 290 yards a game, four touchdowns, no picks. Like, yeah, I, th- I think he's playing pretty good, but again, you look at those defenses. I mean, they just, they, you know, they don't have Jared Judy. They, you know, their receivers, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant. I think they're fine players. Um, again, like you said, it's, it's hard to judge what, what these guys are. Again, their, their record's 3-0, but, I mean, we've seen the Broncos start out 6-0 and before and then not make the playoffs. Not saying that that's what's going to happen with this team, but they, they, they're, the numbers and the, the, the theme of this team, the, the overall outlook on this team, would be very different if they didn't play those three teams and they played their division rivals, the chiefs, the Broncos, or the chiefs, the Raiders and the, um, the chargers They They just haven't played anyone. That's, that's very good yet. Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect example of a quarterback. You know, exactly what you're going to get from him. Like, you know, he's not going to scare you uh, throwing deep, throwing intermediate. Even he's going to hit what he's going to hit underneath. He's not going to make many mistakes. Um, God, the, the term game manager is so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, it's him, but he, he kind he of is. embodies it. Like it's yep. just he would be he would have been a great quarterback on like the 2000 Ravens. Like there's just teams like that, or or maybe the 2008 Ravens. Um, yeah, that he's he doesn't scare anybody, but you also you can't expect that he's going to give you much either. So we really just gotta kind of keep their guys in front of us and 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 tackle. We struggle with tackling at times. Patrick Queen looked shaky as he, ta- he he has shown some habits of that when it comes to tackling um we just got to make sure we get guys on the ground on sunday and i don't think we're gonna have to worry too much i'm i'm trying to be optimistic in that sense because i i just think at heart we're a better football team than they are um it's kind of wild to me that the line opened with us getting a point and a half and i think it's down to a pick them at this point but i know we're going on the road and, and denver can be a tough environment but um it's crazy to me that that is the line when, um, you know, two weeks ago, Vegas believed in the Ravens by making that line a lot closer than anybody thought it should be. And they came out victorious. So um, I don't know. It's, just, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one for sure. I think the other part of it's this weird is, and, and I think we can all, the three of us can be pretty transparent here none of us have seen a lot of Denver because they've played in three games that have not been, you know, unless you're like going back and watching their games on NFL game pass, you're not seeing, if you're watching red zone, you're not seeing a lot of them. They didn't play in any primetime windows. They're not playing any windows where you can see them. So mm-hmm. in terms of like being like, Oh man, like Cortland Sutton just looks really good. He's going to be a tough matchup. You know, I don't know because I haven't watched a lot, you know, transparently and watched a lot of them. I think it's interesting in terms of their main pass catchers in Sutton, Tim Patrick, Fant, it's a those guys are big. Like it's mm-hmm. a big group of pass catchers. Cortland Sutton's a big guy. 
Um, obviously, Fant was a highly touted draft pick who can create mismatches. You know, he is – I think he is what Darren Waller has become. I think, like, the, the, the ceiling that people thought Noah Fant had is what Darren Waller has now become. Maybe Fant will eventually get there. Um, but that, that could be interesting seeing how much Oakland and Kansas City exploited the tight end position um, in both of those games. And, and perhaps Fant is sort of the guy in the middle of the field that gives Teddy Bridgewater an option. I was going to say exactly what Banks said, though. In terms of the history of Teddy Bridgewater – he is just a guy that doesn't scare you down the field. And it feels like if you can keep, as you said, if you can keep everything he does in front of you and put a little pressure on him, he can't really beat you. So if you get ahead, if you get ahead by two or three, you know, two scores, just don't feel like he's coming back on you. Um, He's just, it's just been a, he's had a weird career, a very, very weird career. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, he gets drafted. He, he, he looks okay, gets the devastating injury. People don't know if he's going to come back. You know, it has that, some of that, obviously that initial success takes him a while to come back. Then is in really great in spot duty for New Orleans. I mean, he was great when Drew Brees was out, gets a giant contract with Carolina who gives up on him after one year. Yeah. Straight up says, see ya. We've seen what we needed to see. You're not the guy. We'll trade for Sam Darnold, who's never done anything in the league. And then he ends up with this, he ends up on this Denver team who has a young quarterback who they are trying to figure out as the future. And he gets the starting job. You thought, I mean, I think most people thought when he signed there that, you know, it would be a competition with Drew Locke, but like Drew Locke is this is like, you know, it's his last chance. This is his year to put up or shut up. And if he doesn't work, you put in Bridgewater and they flipped it. They started Bridgewater to start the season. So yeah, it's one of those situations where Drew Locke is the guy who they, they probably wanted him to be the guy to go out and take the job. So you kind of have a leg up in that sense, and then he just didn't win the job. And so, what, so that what says a lot is, about who he is. It says a lot about Drew Locke that he didn't win the job. Yeah. I, I feel like Teddy is a lot like Tyrod, where, again, uh, he, yeah. his stops all along the way, you know, again, like, oh, maybe he could be the guy, and there's always something that comes up where, oh, there's, it, he's hurt or there's something, and the team moves on from him. He shows you the flashes where it's like, oh, man, if he got the keys to the car. Mm-hmm. And you think he, DC's his next stop? I think, that I, mean, I, think that, I think that would have made a lot of sense this year. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what the hell DC was doing. Was I that, mean, I, the, the Fitzpatrick thing wasn't – I mean, I don't think it was crazy, but I think that they brought him in and people were just suddenly expecting, oh, now they're set. Like, they're good to go. They're going to be a contender this year. Because they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. What's weird to me, not this is a Washington football show, is you had attainable guys out there like Stafford, Darnold, Bridgewater, who are clearly better options. Maybe not Darnold, clearly better option, than, but he's now looked like one with Carolina. Like better options than an aging Ryan Fitzpatrick who'd fall off the cliff and get hurt at any point. They didn't do it, but whatever. Um, what, do you, what do you think about Pittsburgh? Next year for Teddy. I'm banking on them being dumb enough to put all their eggs in the Dwayne Haskins basket. That would be unbelievable. That's I what need I'm, that. I'm hoping I and banking on that. need that. Because that, that place is rife with the potential for dysfunction with him at quarterback. Uh, he, yeah. They just let the, the inmates run that place. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this will be interesting. The Ravens will obviously get their full complement of, of defensive linemen back, as you said, coming off of COVID. List. I think that's going to be a big key in this game, shutting down Melvin Gordon. They pretty much split the carries evenly between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams was a hot 
fantasy name going into the year. Hasn't really yeah. done anything. Gordon's been the more effective back. Uh, but they've split the carries 42-39 between those two guys. Um, and those are pretty much the only two guys that carry the football for them. And um, the thing is – And as you said, Sutton, Sutton has been good so far. Mel- Melvin's good out of the backfield receiving, right? That's it, – it's – He's got six catches for 76 six, yards. Yeah, but yes, I know he only theoretically, yes. My, my first thought went to what the, what the Lions kind of did with Swift last week and getting him out on the edge with Patrick Queen, who – has been just getting blown up on social media for not being able to tackle and, and all that stuff. Yeah. He, he did the, like, I've got to play better tweet. You never like to see that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. It's like, your second yeah. year in and where you're, you're saying that. And, but what um, are we, he's going to, we don't know where his career is going to go. He's one of the more interesting Ravens draft picks in a while in terms of just the diversity of opinion about if he's good or not. Cause there's half, a lot, half, half the internet loves him. And they're like, Every time he like goes sideline to sideline and makes a play, they're like, "What? He's a freak!" And then you have the other people who kind of break down every every inch of the film, and they're like, "This guy sucks!" Like they're like, "Legitimately, this guy's a bad football player." Like, ah, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Like he's not Arthur Brown, but he's not Ray Lewis. Yeah, linebacker is a position where I think a lot of armchair people watching the football game can form a lot of opinions on just seeing one thing or another. And it's really just, they have no basis for which judging, you know, what a player's objective is on a given play or whatever, but missed tackles. Yeah. That's problematic though. I mean, yeah, we saw that a couple weeks ago with the, um, Oh my gosh, his name is now it's going to escape me. Michael, Michael Parsons. Micah Parsons, where yeah. somebody was like freaking out, like, oh, he looks clueless. And I was like, oh, no, it's a technique where you like go towards the line, they turn around, and you have to go back. It's like, it was also and, the second quarter against Tom Brady. It was 95, 99% of people watching professional football don't really care about that at all. Can we, can we do a quick intermission here to talk a little more about this baseball game? Sure. It just ended. It's over. Great. Well, um, Two Great thoughts. Trophy. Yes, that is the other one. That trophy fucks. That's an awesome trophy. Two, they should make uh, the umpires Supreme Court justices. <laughs> mm, like or vice versa. Sotomayor is yeah. like calling. They call should be, right. yeah, right there behind the plate. Did I'll you see you. everyone on, on the top top uh, step of the dugout there yelling at the umpire? Mm-hmm. A little outside zone there, and then he came back with the same pitch, and they called it a ball. You want to know pretty tense there. What's up? My cousin is, is, is the play-by-play guy for this game. Well, <laughs> my cousin, my cousin, George Wallace, is Lauren's cousin. George Wallace and what's his name? George Wallace of WTOP? Yeah, it's, my, it's Lauren's cousin. Mitchell right. Miller. Yeah, George Wallace. I, I, I saw this tweet, and I didn't even think anything of it. it. Three hours ago, this should be fun. Congressional baseball game, and that's part of come out. Uh, check out M. Miller and I. W- they called it on F. They, that was the call on FS1. On FS1, I feel like yep. I feel like we. I feel like the three of us can get that assignment. I I'm literally related to him. Well, I get now by marriage, but we <laughs> could, yeah, I could I could. I would love to do si- we. I would love to do pre and post for that. <laughs> Baseball <laughs> Twitter is probably so mad right now that like mainstream sports Twitter has just grabbed onto this congressional baseball game and is paying so much attention to it right now when there's tons of really high leverage baseball going on. You, you've got baseball. an awesome wild card like race going down to it's the incredible. Wire. You have an all female broadcasting crew tonight on ESPN. And then you have the Republicans and the Democrats playing <laughs> on FS one, just a, lopping and slop to 12 game with seven combined errors. People always have a sideshow. <laughs> 
People always love a side show. It, it's a great crowd there, too. I'm like, maybe the best crowd. crowd at Nats Park for a while. That Nats have not been good, but I'm, I love it. Man, love look it. at all those crooked numbers. Yeah, rub it in. Like, hey, what do you, what do you think? There are more suits at this game or a normal Nats game? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh. God, that would have killed at like 7.30 tonight. Yeah, yeah, geez, you really missed the boat on that one. Yeah, that's on me. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I think I'm going to see George Wallace in a couple of weeks, and I'll have to ask him. Yeah, uh, we need to hear about what I, that I need to hear all like. about this. I want to hear if they were, they were getting, like, game notes of it, like, what the chart – I want to know what the, the charts <laughs> look like for the announcers. The scouting reports? Like, did they have scouting reports on everybody? Like, did they go out to practice and talk to the managers about strategy? I would – yeah, how, how are you going to pitch him? He's 85 years old. Uh, from Texas. Like, you know how much daps you probably get around the Capitol the next day if you're the hero in this game? Yeah, that guy oh who was God. diving head first is going to come in with like a scratch on his nose and be like, God. triple. See this? You think there's any like... The water cooler talk is probably electric. There's you, think there's any, so- you think there's any bribery <laughs> that goes on in this game? Yeah. Yeah, it's like FIFA. There's a, You know how many people are going to be limping around the Capitol tomorrow? Like, I think they're just I'm swapping sure votes for uh, tipped pitches and stuff. <laughs> probably. What a game. What a game. What and that's the Congressional Baseball uh, recap. Yeah. In and uh... Touch on a couple of other Ravens uh, things here. Uh, do you guys have any comment on Mike Preston's column? Justin Tucker and Lamar Jackson mask the Ravens' problems, but that may not be good enough in a tough AFC. Whatever, dude. I mean... The AFC is anyone's ball game right now, it seems like. Like, the Bills have shown a few chinks in the armor. They probably look like the best team, some would say. The Chiefs obviously are one and two. The AFC West is upside down. So I don't know. Seventeen game season. Settle down. It's a long season, but I don't think like what he's saying is totally out. Of, like I don't think anyone really. I get it. That it's out of touch. Yeah, like it's an easy point for him to make, and 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 I'm sure people from the outside looking in would get upset. But it's also like I I kind of makes sense with with again what we've seen. Like we talked about on the instant analysis, they're a couple plays away from being three and zero. They're also a couple plays away from being zero and three and. And you know, down in the basement with the Steelers. But how about Lamar Jackson on pace for the most total yards of any player in NFL history? That I didn't see. That I mean, obviously that 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 won't be something people would love to say. That's not going to be sustainable, right? But CBS Sports wants to talk about 300 yard passing games. Mm -hmm. So what's amazing and and, and this has started a little bit this week because Lamar has now been pretty good in all the games. the it's been better problem, than his statistics. For the the Ravens' problem is so clearly, if they don't win anything, is so clearly not him. Yeah. Like, they need better play. Like, Queen tweeted it. Like, they need better play out of him. They need better play out of Malik Harrison. Um, they've, got, they've got to play better defensively, just in general. Um, and I think some of that will be helped by, obviously, the return of a lot of the depth on, the, uh, on that line. But Boy, Ronnie Stanley's a big part of the big part of this equation that we just don't know. It's it's that's going to be fascinating to watch. And there still hasn't been much of a a public update, I guess I'll say. It's kind of just like his he he's literally week to week, and I'm guessing it's you're going into most weeks thinking that he is out until they say he's in. Yeah, that's as far as I've heard. I mean, that look didn't look good overall, and this might just be hopeful. This might be like. The PRP of, you know, before every, mm-hmm. you no, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah we're, it's, we're gonna, it's, it's very possible that that's really what we're looking at. But um, 
I don't know. I, I'm still not very optimistic about it as it relates to the 2021 season. Uh, I was going to say of him coming back or uh, all or whether whether it means him coming back or him coming back and being effective. I'm not really sure that there's. I mean, never say never, but I just it doesn't feel like that's the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys three. Thing, two things to guess and then one prediction to make. Well, I guess two predictions and one thing to try to guess. First, running back usage for the Ravens. Who leads the Ravens and carries? Who's second and who's third in this game? I want to believe that Tyson's going to get the mo- majority of the carries here again at some point. I mean, it's been a point of discussion amongst a lot of people. But Devon, last week, for the record, Devontae Freeman, three. Tyson Williams, five. Latavius Murray seven, right? And then we got the Le'Veon Bell eyeball emojis this week too. Oh yeah, I missed that. I was just gonna say, remember that guy? So you think Tyson gets it done this week? I think they want Latavius to be the main guy. That's just what it just seems like to me. Yeah, I I, I wonder how much it has to do with just the veteran presence uh, when it comes to things like the pass protection and ball security and those types of things. So and those are all valid. So we'll see like out of all those guys on just like a run to run basis, maybe because I saw so much potential in preseason, like I still believe in Tyson, but who knows? It's, it's anyone's guess. I'm with you. I, I think, I think Murray leads, leads and carries for this game. Again, I, I'm a, as a Tyson fantasy owner who started him over James Robinson last week. And lost because of it. Um, Tyson is very close to my get fucked list. It's not his wow. fault. Oh my god! Well, he uh, Joseph Adai is also on that list. Um, wow, what but, a list! Um, what a ricochet shot for Joseph Adai. Good lord! Yeah, well, <laughs> if he's listening, get, he can get fucked. But um, wow, I'm no, I'm with you. I, I think they do want the veteran that veteran leadership in I don't know huddles, locker room, you know, from from Murray, and he's been around some some decent pros. So I feel like he he at least has that. Um, I'll go Murray leads and, and carries. And again, it may be, I mean, what Tyson led last week with what? Seven. Eight? Murray led with seven. Tyson seven. had five. Devontae yeah, so like, had three. Maybe eight. It may be 15. It may be 11, you know, but I, I can't I'll, believe I'll, we're having a discussion going into week four about the three Ravens running backs of Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman and Tyson Williams. That's that would have been an incredible thing to think about a month and a half ago i was gonna say go, go yeah. back six weeks by the way rudy is just starting if uh if you did if we're tuning <laughs> it's in a great movie on it is a, it's a great movie you're a notre dame guy though banks i mean this has got to speak a little more to you. yeah but it is a great movie it's a great movie i, uh, I get tears in my eyes when that music james, plays is james prochet more involved this week more involved than one great throw by lamar on the sideline that nobody really given gave him credit for prochet also made a great catch he he's made a great catch. Through, he's great all through training camp. Um, Devin Duvernay think, can't catch the ball. Hollywood Brown has trouble <laughs> catching the ball. I think Brown it hinges a little bit on whether or not Bateman and or Boykin plays. Bateman playing would be fun. I, I think like he might play. Not, yeah. I, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of chatter about people wanting to ease him in and groin injuries are of that nature, but I truthfully think that he – you know, if the circumstances were different, like could have played last week if they needed him to, he wasn't eligible to. And I think that the IR move was, was the ease into version. You know what I mean? Like that was the precautious 
route. And I think that he's feeling good and he's been running for a couple weeks and I think he's ready to go. I think there's a high chance that he plays this week. Who is announcing the football game, boys? Do you have a prediction? Because I've got it in front of me. I saw it and I forgot. Four o'clock with four I think it's a secondary CBS window here. I thought what an absolute dead spot of anybody I think it's seeing this game. Catalan. RDT. Gumble. Catalan, Lofton, and PGA Tour's finest, Amanda Balionis, are on the call. Yes. Yes. I love it. We love Amanda, Amanda B. on this podcast. She's so good on the golf. So, she is. so good on the golf. Saw a lot of Steve Sands, also very good. We saw a lot of him this weekend, but we get some Amanda back after the Ryder Cup. Game predictions. RDT. Twenty-four seventeen Ravens. Just leave it at that. Twenty-three twenty Ravens. Twenty-three thirteen Ravens. I think the defense plays well. I don't think I think Bridgewater has trouble moving the ball. Um, I think the Ravens play well in this game. I think this. I think this will be a nice a nice win for the for the Ravens, but. I'm going to we'll grab see. the this Denver forecast. Let's see. Yeah, that was – I was going to ask for the weather if somebody had the weather. because uh, 75 and sunny, that's the middle of the day, so. You guys um, are there. You guys are light. that the stadium they play in has a high elevation. So that's going to make it tougher. I had heard something about that. All guys are adjusted to breathe. So I don't know if we're going out there a little early. Well, you know, pretty much our entire defensive line took the week off last week. So they should be pretty refreshed and ready to go. Honestly, a really smart move by John. Smart move sitting Lamar out on every Wednesday now, it seems like. Yep. Yep. Just, it's just, yeah, it's just a lot. Because I I never heard that until I started reading about this game. I didn't know. Sometimes they call it the Mile High Stadium. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard that mentioned. I, you know, that Denver sound. elevation. Alejandro Villanueva, by the way, still a military veteran. That has not changed. That continues uh, to shock. Skydiving is just like playing offensive tackle. Incredible. Now, I, and if Le'Veon Bell plays, by the way, and we're into the Steelers, the mile um, high, the, uh, uh, we're getting the mile high and the patient running and the Alejandro Villanueva storyline. Three all-time talking points. All-time talking points. I hate everything so much. <laughs> um. Orioles trying to play spoiler. Cedric Malone's named the most valuable Oriole. Not a shocker there. Uh, the minor leaguers of the year were all at the game the other day. What an absolute tease. Freaking p- put these guys in the major league roster next year. We can't do this again. The, the, the Orioles cannot lose 110 games again. Stop it. Bring these they, guys they, up. Stop Elias, teasing us. Don't do this anymore. Elias had the comments where he said that Adley and Grayson are going to have the chance to to make the big league club out of, out of uh, camp. And – I think that's 100% the right thing to say. Will it happen? Probably not. But, again, you he has to say that. Like, he has to. Because if he didn't, people would kill him. But, um, yeah, it was nice. it was cool to see Grayson at the ballpark with a gas can. That, was, that got, uh, got me uh, a little fired up. But, uh, yeah, they were all there accepting their awards. And, like you said, Mullins, Mullins the, the MVO. I mean, there was really no other option. It was him or, or Mountcastle. I'm, I would be shocked if it wasn't a – a, a sweep uh, unanimous and then um yeah we're just playing september some spoilers trying to it smells like 2011 in baltimore and uh 
take, taking the series from Boston tomorrow would be uh, would be a very a very fun thing to add into this 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 wild card race, which is actually going to be an awesome race the last couple of days. People forget we put them in the hole by sweeping them uh, to start the season. The, the, the games in March count as just just as much as they do in uh, September. Mm-hmm. That's very well said. Uh, I have to give our guy Grayson Rodriguez a shout out. He just continues to tweet things and randomly tag us in the posts. So shout he, out. He I he loves Exit Fifty Two. <laughs> he is he and and again he loves Tucker. He loves the Ravens. Like he's, he's fully he's bought in. Fired this up guy has a day. chance to be a very very big fan favorite in Baltimore if he comes up in his guy. He's yeah. doing all the right. He's doing all the right things. He, he knows what he's doing. And I don't uh, mean just pandering to us. He is like bought into the Ravens. He's all excited. He's positive. It's great. Good, good job by him. Really good job by him. He gets it. He gets it. I, I, I just would like to see those guys. You just need to see a more competitive product in the field. I mean, I, I think, I don't know about Grayson. I know we've belabored up. that point all year, but it just, every time I look, I looked at the record today and I was like, I cannot believe this happened again. <laughs> I, I, I just uh. think. I don't know about Grayson coming up at least to start next year. I mean, Banks, don't you think that they would want him at least to see some AAA pitching and not just go from AA? Uh, I mean, they say that the talent level in AA is probably right, higher right, than yeah. AAA. AAA is just more so your guys that you kind of keep on the back burner, you know, to call up or whatever. They're just more seasoned or they're the the have-nots or the the washed-up guys. I don't know. It would be neat to see. It I'm would. No, it would be great. You can you can mark my words. I'll be I'll be at both debuts, and I mean, we saw how hyped the the debut for Manny was and Weeders. Um, I the, think these two would will absolutely blow both of them out of the water. The Weeders one was a bit of an event. It was an event, and then the yeah. Manny one was in the middle of a race. So yeah, yeah. so that Manny was a little. The Manny one was a little different because you had all of like the actual team success going on. So he was just like an additional part of an ongoing storyline. The Weeders one was like, oh my God, the Savior's here. Like that was yeah. a, that was yeah. a good, like a really big story. They held a press conference, I think, to announce it. Yeah. Announce it was like, like that Weeders will come up on Friday. Yeah, I remember. That was like, it was like, oh my God, is this guy going to be like the greatest player that's ever played baseball? And then, you know, he was fine. <laughs> good career. He had a nice, very good nice career. career. Matt Weeders did had you, a very, very nice career. you see what I tweeted a couple, a couple weeks ago? He is called the third most strikeouts from Max Scherzer in his career. Yeah, I did see that. That, that blew my mind. Like, that's a very weird stat. I mean, he that's was absolutely shocking in those two seasons. Such a quiet four all-star appearances for Matt Weeders. Well, one of them was 2014 when he played 25 games and then got shut down for Tommy John and still made an all-star team. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> like, what does that say about the catchers in 2014? Yeah, He's like Alex Avila. He was hitting 308 at the time. Yeah, like like he was fine. He wasn't. I mean, he was he was the best catcher, but he wasn't hitting three fifty with fifteen bombs. He wasn't salvaging. Who's a better Oriole all time, Matt Weeders or Chris Davis? I mean, the look that Banks just gave you. (laughs) It's Chris Davis. (laughs) Pretty tea. The king of Orioles Twitter. The president. No, that's that's tough. Oh, you can't sit on the fence. I mean, uh, I'll you probably, say I'll, I'd probably so go. I'll, I'll go Weeders just to be contrarian. I, I, mm, I think it's cool. Weeders. Matt Weeders, Chris Davis, or JJ Hardy? JJ. Chris Davis. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Chris Davis. 
Uh, it's sad that every Orioles conversation we have in the show just devolves into like thinking about five what years ago. <laughs> I mean, we, we need to get this yeah. thing back on track. This would be such a more fun show to do if the Orioles were good over the summer. Believe me, we've thought about it. We have thought, talked long and hard about how much enjoyment we would get out of talking about a good baseball team rolling into football season. Right now, we just simply don't have it. Just simply don't have it. That will take us into the um, starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. I mean, I'm putting the sunnies on right now. Ooh, every time I just feel a little bit better when I stick these over my regular glasses to do this show. You know, just a different feeling. It's just a vibe. And that's what Fed Thrill will give you. Use the promo code exit 52, get 20% off. 20% off. Are you kidding me? That's a great deal. It's a fantastic deal. You can wear and, and and we're heading towards the fall. And you know, you're still gonna be outside in the fall. Maybe you, you know, you're doing a little hiking. Maybe you, you know, you're heading to the pumpkin patch or, or a brewery or something like that, and you're Apple outside. Apple picking or the winery. Yeah, or... some of those fall activities. Some of those going to a football game, going to a Ravens game, tailgating. Oh my god. Maybe you're tailgating, you know. Now, an hour earlier at Maryland Station Friday, maybe you can do that. Three o'clock, sun's still going to be out at three. Sun's still going to be out. You can go over there and throw your fed thrills on Friday night. Maybe bring for a Chick-fil-A ter- tray. Maybe. Maybe for the Terps, pound Iowa. Mm. That. Um, fed thrill, 20% off. x uh, use the promo code. In light of Mr. Tucker's 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions, we are going with a record theme to the draft this week. Our favorite unbreakable records is the draft this week. Um, obviously, Justin Tucker included in there if you would like to. Um, so, uh, Banks has the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick. And me, with my very, very short board, this is going to be very interesting, has the third pick. So, Banks. Start us off. There's no way that it wasn't going to be 26-32. It has to be. It's just yep. the record that it is. It is Baltimore. Like it's 26-32. I mean, I 21-31 is a number that jumps out to everybody, but the fact that he stretched it out another 500 games is ridiculous. Um, and given today's day and age, no one's ever touching it. No one's even going to touch maybe a thousand. It's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's it's just. The most. This has to be the easiest one-one of all of our drafts. It definitely is. There's no doubt. We've had some good easy one-ones. This is. Uh, there will not. Not only is this the most unbreakable record, it, there will not be a bigger one-one in any other draft. This is the one-one of all the drafts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's pretty cut and dry. I, th- I think it's. Uh, I, I I think I even went on record. I said I don't think anyone comes within two thousand. I don't think anyone like I know Whit Merrifield is. He's at something. It's 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 decent hundreds, but I mean, it's just no one. No one's ever gonna sniff it. No one is ever gonna sniff it. Um, who? Mine next. Mine. I'm gonna go. I mean, there's so many. Like, there's so many. Give me. Like, I don't even know how to put these in any order. I'll I'll say the wilt. I'll say 100 points. I don't think any – and obviously, Kobe, 81 on my birthday, not a big deal, hijacked it. Um, it's, <laughs> and um, as a LeBron guy, you had to have hated that. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, LeBron wasn't even in the league back then. 
Yes, he was. LeBron was in the league for 81, Kobe 81. Yeah. LeBron came in the league in 2003. What year was that then? Like 2006. Yeah. Like Mo Pete or Jalen Rose is guarding him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. No, you know what? I I was not LeBron at that point. I was, that was, that was in my fuck LeBron. Because that was crab. Oh, uh, you're such that a was, fraud. Who who was your guy then? I was a huge Wizards guy. Karan, Antoine. Oh, J- it was probably fair, Antoine Jameson. Sure. Probably yeah, my was, favorite player. Was, I can't believe you've become a LeBron guy after all that. After the Deshaun Stevenson LeBron That's era. Deshaun Stevenson is why. Because I'm like, I can't side with this clown. Like <laughs> Soldier Boy versus LeBron and Jay Z. Get all right, uh, the Soldier Boy line that. was so good. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, uh, but 100 points. Um, it's just. Number one, because, like, I just don't think other teams would ever let it happen. I think so. Like, you know, anytime they get close, you're either going to have a coach be like, all right, we're going to pull you because we're not going to disrespect the game by just running it up. Or you're going to have some dude absolutely lay an elbow across your face when you're coming across the uh, the middle, you know, in the paint. So, I mean, 100 points, is, it's unbelievable. And, again, 81. I mean, we've seen Devin – what did Devin Booker have? Seven, like, low 70s? Couple yeah, years I ago, can't I remember the, the number, but yeah, he can. Yeah, he filled it up. Yeah, and it's like I, it's, I just think with the load management, the way they manage the minutes now, there's just no way it's ever going to happen. Uh, yeah, because you're just never going to leave. Like, and there's never going to be. There's going to be so few like alpha guys like Kobe who are just going to be like, yeah, you're not taking me out. I'm, I'm continuing to score. A hundred percent. Every like, all these guys want to come out of the game. I, I'm not saying it's a negative thing. That's just this is how they. This is how the NBA goes about its business now. Yeah, there, there's minutes restrictions on everyone. Like you would think a guy like a shooter like Clay or someone who could get. We've seen Clay get insanely hot for forty points and a half, or something like that, and 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 even you know you're you're not going to see something like it ever again. Obviously, no yeah. one. And the funny I, thing I now see. is, way some of these guys shoot, like you said, Clay or Steph, like you would think they would have a better chance to do it because you know maybe they hit somehow hit sixteen threes. Just no one's going to get a t- enough time to do it. No, that's that's the thing. Like you're going to score sixty through three, and then you're like, well, I still need forty more points. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, it's a good pick. Um, I am going to start with uh, the Michael Phelps eight gold medals. I, I just don't foresee anybody doing that. Um, we freaked out this year for Caleb Dressel. He had five, and it took him. A, it was hard for him to get five. I don't think people realize like how tough the eight gold medals was. Um. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And it took a, it took an all time, like an all time talent to get it done. So um, I'm, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking that. Mark Spitz obviously had seven in 1972, a little bit of a different situation, a lot more depth around the world now than when Mr. Spitz was, uh, was put up to seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Phelps first local guy, obviously. Um, and his message to the Maryland football team was awesome. So he's, he's on my good side right now. I think he's never been on my bad side. I was going to say, he's, he's on it. No. Everyone, he's Love on this guy. Um, next I'm taking, um, no one's breaking the Isner Mahout longest tennis match ever. That's never happening. That's that, that is never being broken because we're going to go to an era where they, they will not just, they will not let that happen because everything's going to have tie breaks. No, they're never going to let a match go for that long. Again, you will never see a tennis match that ever approaches that. Um, and that was awesome when it was going on. John mm-hmm. Isner, Nicholas Mahout thing is getting a little forgotten now. Uh, it was insane. It they was, it, they did an entire three, satire about it. Last with, year was three uh, days, 11 hours and five minutes. Insanity. Insanity. Yeah. Like before Game of Thrones, Kit Harrington and uh, what's his name? Uh, 
the guy from was it Brooklyn Nine Nine? I know uh, he's from no, SNL. Andy, um, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. They did some uh, some spoof of it where they made a documentary on HBO, and that's like that's how legendary that match was. And that that was a pick I was hoping to get late in this draft. Yeah, I Josh. saw it on the list and laughed at it, and was like, "There's no way!" Like that's just I no. was never, it, it's just insane. The other part of it is just because none of these tournaments, like the rules are getting changed. Like they're either going to fifth set tie breaks, like the U S open, or I think Wimbledon's doing the thing now where you get to like 10, 10, you go to the tie break, you go to a super breaker, but it's just not going to happen. Just straight up not going to happen. So that's an unbreakable record. kind of mostly by circumstance, but there's also nothing that like even approaches that right now, like the French, the French open is the only one that doesn't have, a tiebreaker system for a deciding set, but no one is ever going to serve like Isner served on clay. So it's just never going to happen. Yeah. It's never going to happen. So it's bad as that will be the longest tennis match till the end of time. Um, RDT. I'm going to go Emmett Smith's 18, three, five, five rushing, rushing mark for the career. And this kind of goes back to the, I mean, like when I was growing up, it was like home runs, the home run king and like rushing yards. Like I remember watching Emmett Smith break the record and I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, this is like, I wasn't even a Cowboys fan. And I was watching that Cowboys Seattle game, like keeping track. Like, Oh my God, he's, he's, he's 10 yards away. He's seven yards away. And I'll, I'll like never forget him like diving across. Like he literally dove in the middle of the field at the end of a six yard run and got that seventh yard and was like, this is it. And I mean, he, play, he played 14 years, again, 18,355 yards. We're just not going to see the longevity like that out of running backs now. And we've seen it. I mean, and I'm looking at the list now. Obviously, Frank Gore is kind of an anomaly playing 15 years. I don't think he's on a team this year, but I think he's still active. Um, but he's, I mean, he's third all time with 16,000 yards. And Surprise he's not a Raven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, that, that, that rumor wasn't thrown out there. But even like you think of a guy like Adrian Peterson, who was so good for what seemed to be a long, a decent period of time. And then he, before his injuries, he's only played 13 years and he's at 14,800. It's 4,000 yards away, which is, I mean, it's a lot of yards. Again, Danny Tomlinson, 10 years, Jerome Bettis, 12 years. Like these guys just aren't playing and we're not going to see them play. We're not going to see running backs play like that. Um, so I, I think that's a record that's, that's pretty safe. And, I mean, again, again, he has a 2,000-yard cushion on Walter Payton. And again, Payton played for 12 years, Frank Gore 15 years. I'm just looking at the top top three and four guys. And, and again, Barry Sanders was the one guy who seemed like he could, he could do it. He played nine years, 15,000 yards. So he was 3,000 3, yards shy when he, when he up and retired. So shout out to the Lions for that. But I, I, think, I think Emmett's number is pretty safe. Good pick. Yep. Thanks. Um, I'm going to take the 66 yard field goal. I want it. I'm prisoner of the moment. I love it. The beauty of this, of the field goal here is that I think everybody knew that he was capable of kicking this field goal. It was just a matter of opportunity. There are records when you're out there that are, you know, career long achievements or season long achievements. And you see a player on a nightly basis or a yearly basis, like strive and make progress towards achieving something. For eight years plus, whatever it is, nine years, we've known that Justin Tucker is, you know, the best kicker of all time. He's got maybe the best leg of all time in terms of distance. We all want to see him get his opportunity to kick this particular field goal, a field goal that would be 
you know, over 64 yards and, and see just how long he could push it out there. So towards the end of halves, especially when we had offenses that, that maybe didn't move the football as well as this one, where three points meant even more to us than maybe it does now, we would hope for maybe his opportunity at the end of a half for him to bomb one out there or maybe the end of a game and, and for him to get the opportunity in the same place he did eight years before. And it wasn't a tie game. It was a situation where they were losing for him to like turn back the clock and repeat history and do it the way that he did. And for it to hit off the crossbar and go through, I'm taking not just like the record, I'm taking the moment as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you're right. I think there's been so much anticipation to see him get the, like he should have gotten the Janikowski like 76 or whatever that was. Yeah. It's not like he's gotten a chance from beyond the 61 yarder he hit and failed either. Like that was the longest attempt he's had. So we've just been sitting around here as Ravens fans, knowing he could do it, but also knowing that he plays in the AFC North and the situation just has to present itself at the right time. And it presented itself at an unbelievable time and he executed and he came through. So um, it's two yards longer than the last one. Um, you know, maybe it'll get broken someday. Maybe not. I don't know, but maybe um, broken this week in Denver, it could, could be maybe, um, but at the same time, um, whoever breaks it, if somebody does chances are good, it'll be at the end of the first half or it'll be some other situation. That's not as epic as this. And I think people will just remember this field goal more than whatever field goal that could potentially tie it or break it. Someone was talking about how it feels right now that he has the record because it's like, like we talked about, like he was the best ever. And now like him holding. Like Matt Prater was keeping that record warm for him for years. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is uh, Jason Elam was the record holder for a while. And that Mm -hmm. seemed appropriate. He was a guy with a big leg before big legs were a thing. Mm-hmm. And he was a great kicker in his own right. And he was kicking in Denver, but that comes with, you know, you just kind of expect that. So mm-hmm. for him to get this record in such an epic fashion, it just feels right. And so I love, I just love it. And Tom Dempsey had half a metal foot. So yeah. Tommy Dempsey. Oh. I mean, is he still with us? Probably not. I'm gonna if he don't. If he had half a I foot, don't believe there's so. not a chance he's still alive. He died. died in, oh, died last year. Wow. Wow. Condolences to R.I.P. to Tom Dempsey, 73 years old, died in New Orleans. All right, there. One Pro Bowler, one First Team All Pro. Six two, two fifty five. Made sixty one percent of his field goals. Well, yep. thanks. You had another. I do. Uh. Yeah, I'm just staying right in this lane here. I'm taking Ed Reed, interception return, 108 yards. Um, Another example of a player where it's like, you know who should probably have a particular record? It should probably be this guy, and it's Ed Reed. And I want to say it was the Kevin Cobb one because he's got two. He's got the the longest, and he's also got the second longest, 107 yards, I think, and he's got 106. And it's hard to really fathom a player being deeper in the end zone on an interception – and having the momentum and the positioning to actually come out of the end zone and run it back. So it very well might not get broken. Yeah, we see the 109 on the field goals, but at least when it comes to interceptions, Ed Reed, 108 yards. Um, that's just classic vintage Ed Reed. It's just my favorite Raven of all time. That's my guy. I'm taking this record. It's a good one. Can't argue with that. RDT. 
Um, 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 um. Let's. I mean, I have three more left. Trying to ration these out. Um, I'm gonna go Barry Bonds intentional walks. In, <laughs> That's in a good one. Yep. Yeah. Two thousand four. 120 intentional walks is like like legitimately laugh out loud. I can guarantee we probably haven't had 120 intentional walks this this season. Maybe we have, but 120 for one player is is just. And again, I mean, like I, it's not. I'm not even going into his his career intentional walks. 688 career intentional walks, and yeah, I mean that year he was it was 120. His next highest is 68, which again, I mean, six 68 is a ton. That's a lot of intentional walks. Yeah. Like 2004 is one of the all-time – it has to be the one of the all-time baseball reference years just by itself, the 362, 609, 812 slugging, 1422 OPS. Wouldn't so it disgusting. feel like he had more than 120, though, in a given season? Because when he was at his peak, it every, just felt like every other at-bat was an intentional walk. Yeah, it was, it was everyone. And, like and, he I was mean, only going to get a chance to hit if the situation, all the stars aligned. Yeah, and and I mean he did, he walked 232 times that year. <laughs> Just 120 of them were were intentional walks. So like, but how many of them were intentional walks, but not intentional? You know, just absolutely right. pitching around them, which, which they probably started doing. And then at one point he he started like, all right, I'm going to start swinging at these. And they were like, all right, fuck this. We're just we're not we're not going to have that happen. But again, just saying it out loud, like 120 intentional walks in a year is is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. That's a really good record. All right. Um, can I ask you guys a question? Go for it. Do you know who there's only one of? Mike Jones. There's only oh, one. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Phil Taylor. You didn't need to take this now. <laughs> uh, I'm taking it, baby. One, Phil Taylor. If you this don't is know the who most, Phil, most relatable Phil, pick. Phil Darts. the Power Taylor is. 16 World Darts Championships, 14 in the PDC, two in the BDO. The next closest person in terms of PDC World Championships is MVG Michael Van Gerwen with three. There ain't anybody getting the 16, baby. And MVG is an absolute unit, but people keep taking him down in this competition. Phil the Power is an absolute legend, and there isn't anybody getting to the 16 World Darts titles. He is a ledge. There's only one Phil Taylor, baby. And he's got a great last name, a great last name. And yes, did I overdraft that? Absolutely. But it's going in this round. You're just showing it respect. I, I'm I like showing that. it respect. Just straight up showing my guy, Phil Taylor, a little bit of respect, a little bit of respect. Um, next on the list and fresh off coming off a golf event, I'm taking Byron Nelson's 11 consecutive PGA tournaments. Mm. That's insane. Mm. That's never happening. And no one's even going to get close. Yeah, people freak out if anybody wins two consecutive golf tournaments, and that's at this point almost impossible. Like it's almost impossible to win two consecutive PGA Tour events. Happens every once in a while. Tiger's done it. He no got one's to, breaking that. Record. He got to seven or eight at one point, I think. Yeah, yeah. no one's getting to eleven. No one's getting close. No one's getting anywhere near, anywhere close. Great record. It's in obviously a different era, but I saw that one, and I had heard that one before. But saw it today and was like, God, that's just insane to win yeah. consecutive. The fields were, were a lot smaller, and there's all you know, there's all kinds of background into why he was able to get to eleven. But the record is the record. It's just not gonna get touched. Yep. Great record. Just it's a great rec- it's a great thing to think about in the context of today's 
game of golf. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous that could ever happen. It's just never going to happen. There's a lot of that in terms of golf. Yep. I'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, RDC. Cy Young, yep. 749 yep. complete games. Yep. And you could have picked any of these Cy Young stats. I'm looking at the baseball reference page. I mean, 511 career wins, 315 loss. He's going to lose more games, 315, than every player pitching now is is going to, like, pitch him. Like, I mean, obviously, we know what's going – why? Because he pitched every goddamn day. Like, just looking at the amount of games he – 51, 55, 53. The, the numbers are just laugh out loud funny. Guy never even made an all-star game, which is, uh, you know, That's <laughs> so good. Thank you. Such Thank a you. weird career. Thank you. Um, guy gave up 7,000 hits. But, the, I mean, the complete game, because, like, you're just <laughs> – that's what you did. You had complete games. Like, you didn't – You were the pitcher, period. Yeah, there's, there's no, like, lefty specialist. Like, Brian Mattis isn't coming in to face anyone, to face, like, old Ross. What's that guy's – Holburn or what, what's – there's that old guy that everyone always talks about. Um like his innings pitched 384 didn't even lead the league 453 <laughs> 7356 innings right on the nose too some of the seasons are so incredible too 36 and 12 with a 1.93 ERA in 453 innings nine shutouts <laughs> nine 48 complete games 30 35 and 10 33 and 10 32 and 11 the 453 Maybe. innings is one of the funniest stats of and so he threw three 453 innings as a 25 year old and then threw 343 as a 40 year old. <laughs> what an honor. Maybe maybe the best stat about him is three box in his career. <laughs> <laughs> I love how statistics were kept at this point in time to such like a granular detail as well yeah gave up 2100 7,000 hits yeah 18 yeah the, the the season you read off was 1892 nine shutouts did not lead the league with 453 innings pitched 1492 he, he might as well have been pitching in 1492 what i mean just oh, baseball reference it, we've talked about this before is like low-key one of the most entertaining sites on the internet. i love it i'm on there at least a couple times a week just jumping from page to page and and you know what's funny you know how people always say like twitter i can't believe this website is free i can't believe baseball references <laughs> they started charging for the for the stat head yeah which i get i it. bought the football one just because i need it but I just I can't believe like like you said I'll start on like a Melvin Mora page. <laughs> Next thing I know, I end up and I'm like, I'm looking up. I just '90s sluggers. I'm yeah, just Andre Scalaraga's yeah. like 1998 season or something like that. But yeah, the, I mean the the complete games is like just the one that sticks out to me the most. The so 749 complete games is it's it's a ridiculous number. Great. That's a great pick. Thanks, Chip, too. Finish it out. I'm taking a big-time left-field pick here because I looked this up uh, a couple weeks ago. was watching the U.S. Open uh, semifinal between Novak Djokovic and Alexander Zverev. They had like a 50-shot rally. I forget how many shots exactly it was. And so I was inspired to Google what the record is um, 
for longest rally. And I found a women's tennis rally from like the seventies. And this is, I think in a major in a grand slam event, Vicki Nelson and Gene Hepner. Gene hmm. Hepner had a set point uh, in a second set tiebreaker and it went 643 shots lasting 29 minutes. Nelson eventually went for the, for the winner and won the point and immediately collapsed the cramps and received a time warning for having done so. Um, the second set tiebreaker. Did you took, say that was a 29 minute rally? How is that even possible? Yes. The, the second set tiebreaker alone took an hour and 47 minutes. They had to have been just hitting the ball and not moving. Just like a, lobbing it over. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been no. The different no. sport then, but still, like, that's, that's just kind of absurd. It's still impressive to just continue to get the ball over the net. I mean, On those not dinky a, rackets back then, too? Yeah. Just you're the. Like the margin of error on those rackets is so small because how small the sweet spot was and the way that it was strong and the the rackets today are so much more pure. That's why these guys and girls can just absolutely destroy the ball and put all that topspin on it and all that stuff. I can't that's focus wild. on anything for two minutes, a little in twenty nine minutes. I've never heard that record. That's amazing. That's an amazing. Yeah, that's record. that's nuts. It blew my mind. Like I didn't believe it, and then I just like continued to look into it more and more. And there's just all these quotes about how just like, yeah, we we're just kind of kind of just hitting it back and forth and just waiting to see if somebody was going to go for it. <laughs> it's nuts. So that, I guess that's a record that I'm going to take here. It's I felt the need to share that because that's I, when one. I saw it, I wanted to tweet about it and I was just like, well, this isn't really my niche. It was just so unbelievable. I literally didn't think people would believe me. Um, and then with my last pick, uh, I'm going to take Kim Jong-il with the all-time golf record, shooting at 34, uh, 11 aces. He shot a 38 under at age 52 on his first time out golfing. Um, safe to say that record will never be touched. Wow. Did he make you say that? Like, did he make you put that, that in there? Um, he shot a 38 no. under, Eric. I don't know what you want me to say. We may, get, we may get put under surveillance like state radio or something in North Korea. Yeah, after this. Blink, blink twice if like he's – 11 holes in one. It's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it's impressive. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say this was in 1994. I don't know what he was doing sitting around, you know, ruling over North Korea when he could have been out there on tour. At least. What could have been? In all time, what could have been? At least the PGA Japan tour over there. He didn't want to travel too much. Could have been playing against Shingo Katayama. Mm. Uh um. Yeah, I you know really couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> that that reminds me of Terry Rozier's tweet about someone. Do you know which tweet I'm talking about? I I don't. When I don't he either. said Osama bin Laden tall as hell, he should have been hooping. <laughs> I forgot about that. Did one. Terry Rozier tweet that? Oh, he something tweeted that like, like that. 2011. It's an all-time <laughs> tweet. Like, I forgot man, about people that. Are so, people are so stupid on the internet. <laughs> Like, hold on, I gotta find. People it. are so. It's objectively hilarious. Oh, it's 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 very funny. That's why I was like, do I say it on? Osama should have hooped instead of. Hold on, pull it. I'm trying to kill people because he tall as hell. Because he tall as hell. May first, two thousand eleven. Wasn't that the, was that the day that they killed him? It may have been. If with that, that's if that's the timing podcast, lines up there, he was roughly six foot podcast, five. For whoever's wondering, <laughs> if he tweeted that the night that that they killed Bin Laden. The fact that it only has 50,000 likes, too, is that is a travesty. Like, that should have – that should be the most liked tweet of all time. Um, is it, is it my, my turn now, my go? 
Or did you? Yeah, that was your that's, second. That, one, right? That's that's correct. Yeah, he took a he took a ruthless dictator with his flashback. <laughs> I am gonna go. I think this is the right number. I couldn't. I this is the number that I saw, and and it may be right. It may not be right. The Washington Generals losing streak to the Globetrotters of 2,495 <laughs> straight games. It's a good pick. I will say, I like if you pick. haven't been to a Globetrotters game, you have to go. It's one of the most fun events. Yeah, it's a really good thing to take a kid to. I, I really I went, had fun when I was a kid when I went. Yeah, I went uh, – I actually went up in Pittsburgh at what are they, the Igloo, they, whatever they used to call it. I went at University of Texas. I went when they were at Towson. That was like pretty. What that was within the last the old ta- the old Towson Center. Now I went like a, yeah. like in a, like two, like a, like fifteen years ago. I was gonna say they came back recently, a couple of years ago. But yeah, no, I went when I was a kid. It's a show, and the, the poor Washington Generals. Because the, the article I was reading was that they hired a coach, and he they someone asked him about the losing streak, and he said something like, "That stops here. We're not their punching bag anymore." <laughs> it's like you, no, you you guys literally are their punching bag. Like they fill up buckets with confetti, and you guys think it's water. And like, then they pretend to dump it on you. But thought it was a pretty, uh, it was it was a good run. And I know they mix in a win every now and then. So good old the, the good old generals. Do we think that the the Globe Trotters haven't learned enough in their careers because they haven't lost enough games? Embrace debate. I mean, do, do you? Do, they haven't learned the lessons of losing. So they're they're like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's actually that's actually a really really good coming um, up next on Undisputed. That's actually a really 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 good call. That's something that that's a blog that I would like to see PFT write. A nice comparison there. Yeah, that's good. That's that's it's very very going to be very very interesting. Um, this is. Um, this streak is never being broken. I would say, and I, it's amazing I got this with the final pick. I, 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 I'm stunned that this has lasted this far because this is the greatest streak in the history of sports. 21 consecutive wins at WrestleMania for The Undertaker, that is never being broken. And the fact that, that, the fact that I was able to know that you two clowns weren't going to take that in this draft before that and I was going to be able to get it with the final pick is a commentary on how you guys don't do or do not appreciate great athleticism and amazing winning mentality. Tell me which of my picks I I get rid of. All of them. Every single one of them, especially you taking the ruthless dictator. But that's a topic for another day. (laughs) 21, 20, the streak. It was literally called the streak, guys. Literally called the streak. 21 consecutive wins before losing to the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. When Undertaker was clearly concussed unfairly by the beast. It was, it was, it was appointment viewing every single year at WrestleMania. But next closest as of, I guess, last year, and he probably won't ever wrestle WrestleMania again, so it doesn't matter, is Rob Van Dam, who was four now. I mean, it's an incredible streak. And shout out to the Undertaker for, you know, being able to get it done and putting the asses in the seats and being perhaps the greatest performer in the history of the greatest stage in sports history, the granddaddy of them all, the most epic event in sports entertainment today, WrestleMania. And that, 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 that wins me the draft. Right. <laughs> the hell of a pick. I'll say that. It is a good pick. 21. I'll you on that. I'm just, here we, I still love my board. 
I, I love my board too. Banks, 26-32, the 66-yard field goal, the Ed Reed 108-yard interception return, the longest tennis rally, which is really a stunning record, <laughs> and uh, the Kim Jong-il, whatever that was. 34. <laughs> RD, RDT <laughs> gets the will to 100 points, the Emmett Smith rushing record, which we didn't talk about that a lot, but that is never getting broken because running backs don't play anymore. It's yeah, it's really not, but it's also a really bland record, I think. It is a bland record, but it did used to mean something. The Barry Bond single season intentional walks record. Your draft kind of got better as you went along. The uh Cy Young 749 complete games <laughs> and the Washington Generals, whatever that number was, I didn't write it down. I took Michael Phelps's eight gold medals, the John Ezra Nicholas and Hoot longest tennis match ever, the Phil Taylor 16 World Darts Championships, Byron Nelson's 11 consecutive PJ Tour wins, and the Undertaker's 21 match winning streak at the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. I did not have a lot of honorable mentions here. No one's breaking Bond 73, in my opinion. That's um, probably true. No one's getting – this is the thing, in a league that – Home runs are everyone's now trying to, you know, elevate the baseball and hit more home runs. No one's getting close. Like no one's getting within 15 ever. I got a Salvador Perez in 48 home, his 48th home run night. That is suspect as shit. Uh, stand at 59 a couple years ago. Yeah. That, oh, that's I mean, what he didn't get to 60. It's still so far short. He's 14 mm. away. Yeah. I mean, that's a hot month away. Like it's probably two, it's a month and a half of uh, that kind of pace. It's just, it's just that that's the one I had. Cause I was kind of building my board as I went, but that is uh, like for, for context, like, yeah, Salvador Perez insanely is leading the league in home runs, but like we're freaking out about Otani hitting 40. It's like, he's 33 away. <laughs> Which, that That's insane to think about too. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. Thing. Barry Bonds, the Barry Bonds thing is insane. The Barry Bonds thing is insane. Uh, you guys want to hear Salvador Perez's season by season here real quick? Oh, Three geez. home runs, 11 home runs, 13 home runs, 17 home runs, 21, 22, 27, 27, 11, 47. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Good hitter getting better. I don't know. We don't, we don't shame guys Throwing. that come out of nowhere and hit almost 50, 50 or more home runs. I'll just Fair. say. Fair. I don't think Fair. it's right to cast judgment on anyone. Sure. He's having, his, he's having by far and away his best offensive season. You guys had anything? Uh, Eric's board was very similar to mine. Uh, the Wilt was high on my board, and so was the Intentional Walks and the uh, Cy Young. Um, so I'm really down to four things that I had here left over. And I, there's probably more after that, too. But Ricky Henderson, 1,406 stolen bases. No one's touching that. Um, Joe DiMaggio, 56 games. Ted Williams, 84 games, reach base. I mean, that's even more ridiculous. Wander I don't think anybody Fra- talks Wander about Franco that. Franco is halfway there. Which, halfway. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, that's a lot of freaking games. He's only halfway there. That's a uh, Gretzky, 2,857 points. It's just insane. If you take away all his goals and you just count his assists, he still has more assists than the next closest player has points. Mm-hmm. One of the most mind boggling facts to everything. And then I had Tiger Woods, 142 straight cuts. Um, that's just. Insane! It's seven plus years of not missing a cut. Preposterous. I saw I saw an article that had that in there, and they there was a tweet from I think February this year, and they said like Rory had made like eleven in a row or something, and they were like he would need to make every cut for the next like sixteen years or something like that 
the ma- it wasn't 16. It was something. Well, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone freaked out about Morikawa making 22 consecutive to start his career. Tiger yeah. had 25 to start his career, which is, I believe, the record for that. Like, Morikawa, who's an amazing player, would have to do this for six more years. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not any, he missed, he's miscut this year. So at, at any given point in time, the current, the active holder of the streak is usually around 25 to 30 at any given point, which means they're still six or seven away. I'm not sure what the longest, like, recent streak is, but I don't think anyone's past 30 or 40. I'm sure Rom has the longest one going right now. Because that guy's been playing insane. Also, I think Jack Nicholas's record is is pretty untouchable at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen for Tiger. Um, and then golf, there's just too much parity. Like, there's so many great golfers that they're all just kind of um, peaking at the same time. Each other, yeah. So there's just you hear, Tiger 142, Byron Nelson 113, Jack Nicholas 105, Hale Irwin 86, Dow Finsterwald. That's a name. Mm. Wow. 72, and Tom Kite 53. Those are the top six. So 53 is sixth. 53. Not even close. It's like 100 away. Tiger. I mean, Tiger, there's just – we could do like a three-hour Tiger podcast. You say Tiger is almost like Barry where you could just come up with a bunch of stats that – Oh, he's or... right there. He's right there. He's right there. Um... Xander Shoffley – on in 20 early in 2020 he's missed cuts i believe since then had the active streak at 22 with mcelroy streak ending mcelroy streak ended at 25 so shoffley added at 22 but i think shoffley's missed cuts this year so he doesn't have a long second streak. you got um, anything else yeah i had i had celtics eight straight championships yeah um I had DiMaggio, yeah. I had Wilt, 50.4 points per game in 1962. The Gretzky, I had a whole, like, category for UCLA. Seven straight titles, 10 straight Final Fours, 38-game NCAA winning streak. I was at 88 straight regular season wins, I think it was. Um, Bills, four straight Super Bowl losses. I don't think that will ever be touched. Um, Nolan Ryan, seven no-hitters. And then Jamie Moore, 522 home runs given up. I think those are both uh, again the longevity thing. Like you're never you're never seeing anyone get close to, to 522 home runs given up. To finish off the cuts discussion, real quick, longest you want to actually try to guess the longest streak right now and play. I actually know it. Nope, never mind. All right, RDT, I'll give you. you a hot. I have no idea. Jordan Spieth, 18. He's back. Right. He's back. Louis he is not back, and then as soon as that streak started, that is the moment he was back. You want to hear my favorite person on this list? I don't know if you have this list in front of you, Banks. Christian Bezaden. I knew you were going to say that. Seamus so Power not far Shavis behind Power either. at 11. Yeah, McElroy at 9. Sanjay M. Maverick McNeely. Matt McNeely, pretty solid. We'll see if he takes a step this year. Uh, I like that you can see it season by season. I may look at this for a while after we're done potting. PGA Tour has their statistics – area has some really obscure stats and like filters and stuff like you can sort players by like morning scoring averages and like all kinds of weird stuff john rob <laughs> missed the cut last week that's what happened you just go to you just go to uh just go to 2003 tigers at 114 and ernie Els at 28 <laughs> I mean, it's just like oh my god 2004 tigers at 133 vj sings at 24 2005 <laughs> and then it ends but God, that's good. Got 2001 Tigers at 78. Paul Azinger's at 18. <laughs> Paul Azinger. 
Um, so good. Good list. Good. Good. That was a fun draft. That was a fun that draft. Was good. Um, Maryland person of the week. I will start. I never start. I will start. start. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, I have to, and I'll just make this a part of a bigger discussion and I'll give some honorable mentions for some other ones. Um, look, there's a big football game in college park on Friday. And I hope that people listen to this podcast and they have any interest in Maryland attend this game. If they can get through the traffic, it is going to be a giant event and the Terps have got a legitimate shot to beat this Iowa team. So I'm giving it to Maryland football preemptively because we are going to win this game on Friday. We are going to win this football game on Friday. So Mike Loxley's guys get it right now. Talia's going to ball. Defense is going to play well. Dante Demas is going to turn into a superstar on Friday. A superstar. He is going to be a top three-round draft pick. NFL ready, baby. So I'm giving it to the Turks. Wide receiver you. Turks football. They get it. They're going to beat Iowa 28-20. I'd Mm. sign up for that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, where do they go from there? It's like they've arrived if they win this game. And we've had this, we've arrived game like maybe three or four times over the last decade or so. So they go to Ohio State after. (laughs) Nice. Big 10 is a joke. Maryland has the second toughest schedule to end the college football season in the country. I mean, it's just like, what what do you do? Banks, what do you got? Uh, America. This is obvious. I mean, it's yep. America. Yep. Yeah. Ryder yep. Cup ass kicking. Yep. Um, you know, wrote, a, this, wrote a lot about it this weekend. Knew we were going to talk about it. Um, Dustin Johnson going 5-0-0. and um, That was probably – that's the other angle I could have taken. But really, collectively, the entire team just absolutely obliterated these guys. I mean, the rookies, they had six rookies, them all coming out and contributing, most of them with winning records. I think only two players had uh, – gave up more points than they, they earned. Um, and even the ones that did they, within the, the confines of what they were sent out there to do, like they executed, they just completely blew out this European team as they should have. And they should have in a lot of Ryder cups in the past and, and they haven't, but it's kind of a changing of the guard here. The European side, they're kind of caught between generations here, caught between eras. They, you know, Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson didn't make the team because they're kind of falling off. I don't know how many more times we're going to see Sergio on a team. It's got to be the last time for Poulter and Westwood. So um, really, when you look at the European side, you're just left with with John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Victor Hovland. And then you just, you're just not all that sure who's going to be on the team in the future. Um, and the guys who were on the team, I mean, Taylor, you sat here and trashed Matt, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, wasn't sure if that was live on the podcast or just when we were just messing around after, but he was horrible. And then we... Thanks. He, he had an opportunity to, further notice. The, the difference between, you know, America had something to play for towards the end of the single session there where they had a chance to have the most points or, or make it the biggest blowout in Ryder Cup history. And it came down to uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and who was it, Daniel Berger that he was playing against? Um, right. And Fitzpatrick's in the fairway on 18 and he just absolutely chunks one short into the water. Like it was a, and it was a microcosm of his entire week. It's just these European guys just did not come to play for the most part, but even more so the Americans came out and just kicked their ass. There's the, the post Ryder cup press conferences and, and the ensuing interviews or whatever that all these European players are saying, uh, the media that they did, they all pretty much said the same thing. Like they just, 
they were just better. They're just a lot better than us. And we just got it handed to us. And there's nothing we could have done about it. So if the American team can keep it together, Europe's in major trouble because they yeah. just don't have the talent coming behind. Now the U S could go to Rome and they'll, they'll narrow the fairways and cut the rut up, rope up. And, and this was obviously set up for the U S I mean, this is how this works. You need to go to the home and right. get set up, but there's a significant talent gap. I mean, without John Rahm, Europe essentially just doesn't score any points. I mean, he essentially scored all of that. He was essentially part of yeah. all of that points until some singles wins. And then, you know, there's a shout out to Scotty Scheffler going out there, birding five of the first six holes and yeah, being and, the number and, one player in the world. And, and Poulter, you know, goes out and beat your guy, beats your guy, Tony Fina, because Poulter's got too much pride to lose that match. And Fina's coasting at that point. Yeah. But like, just did all around impressive. I love the Ryder Cup. I couldn't stop watching it. Even when, you know, I had other professional responsibilities I had to fill on Saturday, I just continued to listen to the Ryder Cup. Um, I, it's just a great event. It's and the McElroy crying interview just shows you how much it means to some of these guys. And like um your guys, <laughs> your guys, uh, I guess pseudo boss uh Mr. Portnoy, who I obviously like, gave such a bad Ryder Cup take on the Dave Portnoy show today. Like I I'm heard saying that, that it doesn't mean anything to those guys. He's just not paying attention, it's just an uneducated take, which is fine. Yeah. The, what do you say? Those that, that guys golfers would rather win, win the yeah, Hartford win the Open. Hartford Open, which is just an insane. <laughs> I mean, that's just one of those insane things. This that said, said. That, this, me, that means something. I mean, Ron, the way Ron talked about it, it's just yeah. Awesome I love the Ryder Cup. God bless the Ryder Cup. They, they kind of did this. They interviewed both teams as a whole in the in the post round presser, which they did the European team first, and these guys were like not really hanging their heads but they look like a team that had been beaten down and they were just kind of going around the room and just giving daps to like westwood for having a great Ryder cup career and clapping and like it was like a, it was a weird scene it was surreal uh, but you could see how much it meant i mean look at a guy like shane lowry him going out there and hitting that big putt that he did late on saturday his dad's to, freaking out in the back dad's freaking out and then him i mean he won an open championship uh on his home island two years ago and he was calling this the best golf experience of his life it just goes to show Bryce what it means said the guys. same thing he yeah the u.s open a year ago rom said the same thing he won the u.s open four yeah ago. i don't really broadcast this much but i do spots on bbc northern ireland radio every once in a while for golf you're very and, uh, popular there. We are yeah popular. and um they're they're terrified over there they're they had a miserable time with it the europeans over there they don't know where this thing's headed for them. They got to find some guys. They've got to find some guys. And yeah. some of their like young, talented guys just like haven't popped so, off. This is like a longer conversation. It's not a golf podcast, but like you think guys like Mateo Manicero or Thomas Peters or Cole Sartz or like all some of these like younger guys. Fitzpatrick is making these teams, but like they're not taking the next step and becoming like top, even fifty. Some of them not even fifty players, but like top 25 like Hovland's a guy that needs to be a top 10 player for Europe to have any chance he, he actually shot I think the second or third best score to par and he went 0 and 3 that just goes to show the level of golf that the U.S. team played it's awesome it was a beat down screw Europe it was awesome I do love Sergio I, I can't get enough Sergio yeah him sticking, not, his sun, it... him sticking his sunglasses on for the first tee against Bryson, and then Bryson coming up and driving the green and burying the putt for eagle. <laughs> <laughs> what a twenty minutes! Incredible. I was I was kind of shocked when I first heard it, but then not really when I thought about it that he, I guess, now is the most match wins in Ryder Cup history. 
Right? He's essentially he's been playing in the events since he was like 19. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like he's been consistently good and he's he's been playing in there that long. It's he's but like great him. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you too. I thought he was funny. Like in the, the clips I saw of him like spitting out his drink, his ice or whatever when Brooks was talking to the uh to the rules officials and all that. Relatively speaking, Sergio Garcia has been a non-factor on the PGA tour since that Masters win. He won the tournament that is being played this weekend last year, but this is a tournament that nobody plays. It's a throwaway tournament early in the PGA Tour schedule. Um, so besides that, he really just doesn't play much. He doesn't perform much. But the Ryder Cup, he shows up for. Same with Ian Poulter, really. Not that he ever had a high like apex yeah, of a career on tour. Base, but I think they base their years around being able to qualify for this to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. Sergio played in his first Ryder <clears throat> Cup when he was 19 years old, the famous 99 Ryder Cup. At, by the way, one of the all-time, like, uppity names, that place in Massachusetts just being called the Country Club. The Country Club. The, the Country Club. It's like the I Ohio think State there's University. a major there in the next couple of years. I think that's right. Um, it might be next year's Yep, PGA. 2022 U.S. Open. U.S. So Open. US Open. Yep. Funny that we <laughs> talked about Matt Fitzpatrick. He won the USA on there in 2013. That guy's a loser. Sorry, and he's an Under Armour guy. I, I like Matt Fitzpatrick. He seems like a very nice guy, but he cannot. He's never won a point this event. He's played in it twice and never earned a never earned a point. Yeah. What do you it's got, I, I kind of I knew Banks was was preoccupied with Ryder Cup, so I thought I was going to get this big booty twenty coming out this month, October. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's yeah. just an announcement. Yeah. We know it's coming. I know, I know, yeah, but yeah, it's still yeah. I was excited because I, I got to get in touch with them again. Yeah, getting yeah. them back on. Yeah, we were, we were trying to get them on. Um, I literally listen to Big Booty 19 every morning, taking Joe to daycare. It's, it's, <laughs> she requests it every single morning, and she now has, like, the first 15 songs memorized. So um, I get, I've get i gotten a lot of use out of that one, um, and Big Booty 20 is going to be just as good, if not better. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that. That is going to be great. That is going to be great. Um, it's it's fire every single time. I know we've had, we we give we give two friends more free advertising maybe than any <laughs> podcast in the game. I mean, we promote this thing all the time. Hopefully, we can get them on. We I think we were close to having them on. So. They said they were going to come on, and then like the window just didn't work out in terms of timing, and then BBM nineteen came out and went, and it was the kind of, it just wasn't timely anymore. So yeah, we'll get them on. We yeah. knew there'd be another big booty mix, so yeah. We love no one is yeah. It's all about big booty man. Mm-hmm. And representing and fighting for big booty man. Salute. Salute to big booty man. Uh any honorable mentions? Justin Tucker. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, ah uh, man. I was gonna I was gonna give a special shout out. The Bryson DeChambeau experience this weekend was incredibly fun. It was and tremendous. I, it just makes you think, first of He's all. He's not done this week either. He looks so <laughs> much, in that regular hat, he looks so much like our buddy Brian Gibbons. It's almost ridiculous. And second of all, he needs to stick with the normal hat. He's so much more likable mm-hmm. with that hat on. Him raising the putter to the crowd on the tee box of a par four, I just, <laughs> I was just beaming. The guy... When it's fun, it is. So oh my god, the putter game. lay too. The putter lay, the stuff with the gimmies. I mean, this event is just. <clears> we, I know we just talked about it for twenty minutes. This event is so good, man. I, I wish 
they could really get foster this animosity in yeah, the yeah, WGC the match play and in the presidency. Yeah, but there's just uh, the Europe and the U.S. There weren't even the European fans there really. Yeah, Stricker's crying. I mean, the whole thing is just. Uh, I mean, I, I just I love the Ryder Cup. Like, NBC's coverage is a joke, but other than that, it is a really really good event. Really, really good. Everybody was trashing their coverage. I'm not sure what the issue was with it. I think that they at times like were, I think they just, they've got to, golf has got to figure out a way and it, to do the soccer thing where you're just laying ads all over the screen. You don't have to go to the commercial as much. Yeah. Or do, or do like the quick side by side commercials like they're doing with, like with their walking to the next team, you have nowhere else to go. There's just got to be a way. The to playing stop. through selection of what shots they decide to play during the playing through versus hold them for after the commercial can be very frustrating at times. Yeah. And it's never going to be perfect. Look, these things got to make money. So. The thing about match play is every shot is a relevant shot. Because yeah, and that's, the it's tough, like, that's why it's tough to cover. That's why yeah. it's tough to cover. What's, what's going to end up pissing people off is the way to prevent that is going to be to like, put you know the virtual like banners and stuff like on the course yeah and that would make people mm. freak out even more like that would take away commercial load probably but like that would make golf feel it would the traditionalist would the european out. tour i feel like i can picture it on some of those yeah courses. Well, it's so funny people in the u.s freak out about like ads on jerseys and stuff and if you watch european sports ads are freaking everywhere everywhere anywhere you can put an ad there's an ad yeah do you remember before the 2020 baseball season, the biggest thing people were freaking out about was the Nike logo on the front? Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is fucking, this is ridiculous. Uh, this 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 ruins everything. It's like the um, ultimately, no one stops watching because of what that stuff looks like. <laughs> yeah, since this is a, since this is a golf podcast right now, sneaky great move by the PGA Tour to move that Tory Pines event from Wednesday to Saturday and get it out of the way of the conference championships. Yep. Cause, cause last year we had that same situation where Patrick Reed had the embedded ball thing on Saturday night. And then he, he was a major focal point on Sunday, but everybody was just trying to watch football, but it was also like, well, Patrick Reed drama, like. It's also like fun to thing. be able to turn golf on at eight o'clock. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's why like in, Two or three months in January when they go through the Hawaii swing. I love the Hawaii swing. It's so good. If golf can figure out a way, they've got a lot of fun people to watch right now. Like the Ryder Cup exposed it on the U.S. side. Like, they're just so good. It's like the dream team, the 92 Olympic team, but this is the golf version of it. That team is so stacked. Nine of the top 11 players in the world. So good. Ugh. Golf podcast. We're, it's such a golf podcast. This becomes such a golf podcast. Um, that's the that's the the, the, the Nick Cannon Medley Maryland Personal League. It's the U.S. Ryder Cup team just wins the award overall. Thank you for thank you for coming, Europe. You clowns. Like I said, uh, big game down at Maryland. Don't think we need to really break this down. If, yeah, if you want to go to a breakdown, go listen to here the Turtle official podcast from Athletics. I may or may not host that. Um, where we had Dante Demas this week. Fantastic interview with Dante Demas. Who, guys, Dante Demas is really, really good. He he is, he, he is a guy that's going to play on Sundays. The Ravens aren't going to draft him because they have forty thousand receivers now. But somebody's going to draft him and be very, very happy. Um, he actually is kind of the receiver. He's like six three, a little bigger than all the Ravens receivers. Kind of a guy that you know would maybe make sense. Could be a fit, but 
yeah, I don't think I, – I think he's going to skyrocket up boards when he gets exposed and then he goes and runs and he's fast and big. Um, that is kind of the – that's the event Friday if you're a Bolt, if you're a Maryland um, area fan. And then Ravens on Sunday, 425. CBS should be a good time. Any parting shots for you guys? So we had well, I was like that's like the sports reporters. You guys got any parting shots? I mean, no. I I love Justin Tucker. I said tweet just came to me when I woke up Tuesday. It was just like I don't know what I ever did to deserve Justin Tucker, but I'm so thankful for him. It's just good it to is, get a reminder every so often. It is a truly amazing experience, and we've talked about this. We I think we talked about this when we had Tucker on the show, like pre or post the interview. One of the, I think beyond like not having a quarterback, one of the most stressful parts of being a football fan is knowing you don't have a kicker. And yeah. Ravens fans haven't experienced that for over a decade. And yeah. really, really for most of your existence as a Ravens fan, because you had Stover and the greatest year of Billy Cundiff's life. I know it didn't turn out. People but. people forget quickly about Stephen Hashka too and that kick in okay. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was Joe Flacco's coming out party early in his second year. I mean, him and Ray Rice were just dicing up Brett Favre. Brett Favre on the other side. I mean, what a game that was. Came out mm. the wrong side of it. Brett Favre. What the right NFC, NFC North games, man. What is that about? I, yeah, that's weird. Um, Brett Favre was on that. Some of those break the record list with the uh, interceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 336. Yeah. It's a lot of interceptions. That's actually got a chance. No, nah, that doesn't have a chance to be broken. No, because – Interceptions are just yanked. so yanked, right? very much. You get yanked too. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna let a guy throw twenty picks in a season. They're just gonna get outcast. Unless Jameis can really get it going here, that could be fun. I uh, saw a really old list, by the way, that had Johnny Unitas consecutive touchdown, touchdown games. It's like forty-seven games. That was a record that stood until like twenty twelve or something. I remember. And he's I still went, fourth longest, which is insane. I went to a Ravens Titans game. I think too, it was Ed Reed's rookie year. It was I was at his first block punt. Yeah, 2002. And McNair was at like 29 or 30. And I remember it getting like, oh, he's getting close, you know. And he, I think they lost 13-6 that game. And so it broke. But I remember them being like, whoa, he's creeping up on, on Unitas. But, yeah, like 47. I mean. You yeah, like, look at the, at the list of the longest streaks ever. And it's like everything's in the last 15 years. And then mm-hmm. Unitas is just in the middle of the list. Like 1960 to 1964 yeah, or something. At 40, what, you said 47, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't even seem like that much. Like you'd think, again, a guy like Breeze, Brady, Rogers, any of those guys, Mahomes yeah. eventually. One final piece of news that I read here on Twitter. And this might be a little bit old, but I'm just seeing it a little officially. Dan Dockich off ESPN College Basketball Broadcast. The. Outkick just gave him a show, I think. They did just give him a show. I think that's now why he's off the analyst. Yeah, they're just like, I saw, I saw a so, tweet earlier from like – No more Dockage. I will say Dockage loved the Maryland student section. So we do, do lose an absolute cheerleader for the Maryland fans, but whatever. There was a tweet from like 2017, and it was someone being like, I can't wait for ESPN to fire Dockage. And, and he ends up on uh, with, with Clay Travis or something like that. It was yeah. just one of those like, of course, like someone tweeted that four years ago. Yeah. I also want to give a parting shot. It's not so much a shot, but uh, my thoughts and prayers to our friend Bobby Trossett and his lips. It's a rough look. Just look him up and just, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up and you'll see what I'm talking about. Tough scene for Bob. We love Bob. Wow. <laughs> we love the Bob. That, that's, you know, thoughts are with you, Bob.
There it is. Go look it up. No need to describe. Um, that's it. That's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at X52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow RDT at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow myself at Taylor Smythe 10 Make sure to give us a like rating interview. Thread Level Midnight, we have to say, has the X52 shirts. Also partnering with our guy, Marty Suma, who has been on this podcast before and helps us out with a variety of different things. They're, he's designing some shirts for them. Marty, a very talented creative designer. We used to do it at Maryland when he worked there. And um, that's going to be cool. Marty will continue to create good stuff. He's very creative and has a pulse, not being in Baltimore for a long time. Knows the city, knows the teams. Um, so there should be some cool shirts. So go check those out as well. Uh, Banks, your Barstool shirt's still up there on on. You want people to? Yeah, still out? hanging in there. You got the uh, the Go For It shirts that I talked about last week. And we got uh, Justin Tucker Goat short, uh, shirts now too. And, and in black and white. So have at it. Have at it. Support Banks's Barstool shirts. Support Thread Level Midnight, who's helped us out on a bunch of different things, and Marty's shirts. Um, support Jimmy Seafood by going there and eating food or going to their food trucks or just ordering it from all over the country and doing all the things that they let you do. And then it's all about the shades, baby. That's all. Exit 2 is the program. We're 20% off. We will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's seafood.